everybody. Uh, this is Jacqueline Kitzman, and this is the Awaken Tarot podcast. And hello. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed last week's episode. We did a little nightmare thing. I love any time I get to talk to my husband on this podcast and in real life as well. If you want us to read and then also interpret your, I was going to say read and then read, but you know, uh, and interpret your nightmares, send them to us at awakenedtarotnashville at gmail.com. Make sure you include your name, whether you want to be anonymous and your pronouns, please, so we don't misgender you. And if you send them in, we'll read them. And if you don't, we won't. So that's where we are with that. This week, we are talking about our second five that we've covered on this podcast, which I was surprised by. But we are talking about the five of cups. And this is a really important card that I'm actually very excited to talk about because I feel as if a lot of us have kind of been here for a while, uh, probably since, I mean, I can't even at this point give you a date. Just we'll go with a while. But the five of cups, fives in general, I should say, they're one of those numbers in tarot that people get really panicked by or triggered by. And that is because we as a society are typically trained and taught from a young age to avoid feeling more contractive emotions. Emotions like anger or fear, remorse, sadness, guilt, whatever. You know, we're taught to turn away from those emotions and we're kind of forced into this toxic positivity world, right? Where if we're feeling sad, stuff it down and be happy. Just choose happiness. And the function of the fives in tarot and the function of contractive emotions in real life are to teach us how to deal with things and go through them in a healthy way. So when we pull a five in tarot, this is not a, oh, fuck, I'm like something horrible is going to happen to me, when you pull a five, you're already in a contractive state. This is not a, oh, something bad is about to happen. This is a, okay, so there is an emotion that you're not dealing with that you need to deal with. And that could mean something, I mean, that doesn't even have to be that you're not dealing with this this lingering sadness or this lingering guilt or whatever else. It can definitely mean something more along the lines of why aren't you allowing yourself to be happy, which is a theme that plays a major role in the Five of Cups, actually. Uh, So let's dive into the meat of the Five of Cups. When you pull the Five of Cups, and again, I use the Smith Rider Waite version of this deck for this podcast as it's a teaching deck uh, that's universally used. Um... This person, there's a person, and they are facing away from us in a long black cloak, and in front of them are three spilled cups of what looks like wine on the ground, and they're in front of, they're standing facing this river that's separating where this person is from this castle. Behind this person is two cups, and they're, we can assume, full uh, as they are standing upright. This is an incredibly evocative image, and the reason that Pamela Coleman-Smith chooses such evocative images is is to really get us to the meat of the card really fast. And in this case, this is, okay, so something has spilled in front of us, and we're gloomy about it. But it's not the only function of this card. I would say that a large function of this card is realizing, and I would also like to point out that very few times in tarot, in fact, I would be willing to say that this may be the only time, 
that we see any kind of cup spilling wine instead of water. Usually when we see any cup in the tarot, it if it's full of anything, it's full of water. But these, they're full of red wine. Uh, and red in the tarot is typically used to talk about, uh, you know, it's associated with the wands suit very often. And that is love and passion and blood, you know, that kind of that lifeblood that runs through you. But it's very, very rare that we actually see it coming out of a cup. And again, I think this is the only time. So the this card is basically what we're supposed to be getting from it out the gate is that this person is looking at a bunch of spilt wine on the ground separated from the place that they think they should be, which is this castle, right? So I would say this is the start to the scenery that leads us to the eight of cups where that person is walking away from all those cups. I would also like to point out that in the Eight of Cups, they're walking away from a bunch of empty cups that are upright. And behind this person, we're also looking at cups that may or may not be full of something. The only thing we know about these is that they're upright. We don't know if they're full of wine or water. But we know in the Eight of Cups, all of the cups are upright but empty. And I like to think that these cups are also upright and also empty. The reason I like to think this is because this person is being completely separated from society from this castle and they're standing looking at all of this spilled wine on the ground with two upright not broken cups because I think that's the insinuation of the wine in these cups it's supposed to look like blood so these cups have spilled they're broken behind this person is two incredibly useful cups and they're standing in front of a goddamn river like if this person is thirsty they just need to go fill up this cup But the problem is, is that sometimes the action of taking yourself to go fill something up means you have to deal with what water represents in tarot, which is intuition and emotion. So in the Five of Cups, we're asking to really deal with whatever hard emotion is there by taking a cup and not leaving it empty or avoiding it, but by filling it up with the emotion that we are afraid of, drinking that emotion so that it can actually take us back to where we want to be, that castle. Does that make sense, Gabe? Yeah. Okay, he says yeah, but he said it like a question. So so the essence of the Five of Cups is really inviting us to sit with ourselves and really consider where are we? It's not, oh, you're about to be really fucking sad, asshole. It's not saying that necessarily. What it is saying is, where are you? Where do you want to be? And where do you need to work through? If you look at it, the card is kind of like a triangle around the person. On the farthest corner of the triangle is the castle. The closest is the spilled cups. And then the other half of the triangle are the two cups behind this person. So this is really kind of a, where are you? The spilled cups. Where do you want to be? The castle. Leading us back to the triangle behind this person, which is, and where do you want to go? So when you're in the five of cups, this is a card that really encourages us to feel what we're supposed to feel fill ourselves with it, and allow it to push us forward. Because water often in the tarot is used to simplify forward movement as well. And we see that in the Eight of Cups, and we also see that, again, in the Six of Swords. Okay, so that is the Five of Cups. Don't be afraid of it. It very often means, it very often 
is not a card to be afraid of. You're in the uh, directly in the middle of a suit with a five, which means that whatever you're feeling now is also temporary, right? We're not near a 10. We're in a five. So that is you're halfway through the process. Stop and reflect is a really good motto for fives as well. Stop and reflect. Realize this is temporary. Do what you need to do to push forward and then move on. So that is fives in tarot. That is all I have to say, at least right now, about this card. So as you all know, this is the part of the podcast where I practice juggling. Oh, fuck! Everything fell! No, I'm kidding. I didn't. I'm not juggling anything. This is the this is the collective reading. We're going to talk about the reverse Knight of Swords again for the collective reading, which we were in two episodes ago. And guess what? We're back! Because that is the essence of the reverse Knight of Swords. You... We talked so much last time this came up for the collective reading about how we were going to not go back to normal and we were going to push for progressive change. And one of the things that I didn't say in that collective reading, which I'm going to say now because I have a second chance, is that when the card is upright, this person is going against the wind. And when it's in reverse, they're kind of being blown with it, right? So this is, again, that winds of change type thing. Are you all voting? (laughs) Are you all voting? Do you know who you're voting for? Do you know why you're voting? Do you know why it's important to vote? All of these things are so important because it feels like, I'm just going to level with y'all, it feels like a giant step back no matter which way you vote, right? But you should be voting for Biden because the step back we're taking is at least one back to some relative normalcy and a giant leap back from fascism, but it's getting us back to a level playing field where we can then go forward and fight for progressiveness. Um, That's vastly important. And that doesn't just show up in politics right now either. That should be showing up in our personal lives as well. What can you do, even if it involves taking a step back and looking, to push you forward? Really take that to heart and and really also take advantage of, because again, the source is all about thinking and communication. If I were going to align voting, the concept of voting to a suit, it would definitely be the suit of swords because it really involves you having to think about the broader scope of not just yourself, but everyone. And that's where we are right now. We have to not just think about ourselves. We have to think about so many people beyond us. And that means voting, and that means listening to others, and that means asking yourself what you can do in your daily lives to push forward and not go back to normal. Okay, that is the podcast this week. Again, if you want to send in your nightmares, send that to awakentarotnashville at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, could you rate, subscribe, and review? I don't like asking for things, but I love reading the reviews. They make my my whole and entire, honestly, like week. Um, and and they do get read. And that, what they also do is help this podcast find other people or help other people find this podcast more like. And that's a really cool thing as well. Okay, Gabe, Gabe, take us out. Gabe, Gabe.